What if you were never conditioned with a patriarchal mindset, structure, or system? Who would you be instead? And now that we are here, how do we lead our way out of it into the unknown, into the divine feminine, divine masculine? Marie Eddings is here to talk about this from her perspective as a divine leader of change. Join us. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. So let the Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that you are invited. You're invited to to join join Soul Nectar Nectar Tribe. Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll We'll see see you at our our next tribe tribe gathering. gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us on a journey of discovery of who we are and why we're here on this planet called Mother Earth. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love having these conversations. I'm so grateful for all of you coming back week after week and listening and being part of these conversations that, um, as far as I know, aren't happening all over the place yet, but they're on the way. They're on the way to happening all over the place. And In the meantime, when you feel like you can't have woo conversations, well, you can have it right here on Soul Nectar Show with us because we won't think you're crazy or look (laughs) at you cross-eyed. You know, one of the things that has been up for me lately has been, you know, this idea of the great awakening and leadership. And as many of you know, who've been listening into the show, uh, I was called to lead an event called Leading uh, well, the Sacred Mountains Calling You to Lead the Great Awakening was the title of it because I work with the indigenous people in in the Sacred Valley of Peru. And and as I was talking with um, Victor, who's our Incan scholar, that's the message that he downloaded for the title. And I, and I felt into myself and I'm like, the Sacred Mountains, yes, they are calling us to lead the Great Awakening because uh, the mountains can share the vibe of conscious wisdom with us, but unless we stop and tune in and listen, we're not gonna get it. And many of us who are leaders also feel like those sacred mountains must feel and that we're emanating wisdom. We're, we're here podcasting, we're here sharing, we're here in whatever way that all of you listening are also leading and sharing. And is anybody listening yet? Is anybody hearing what we're talking about? Do they understand what's going on here really on the planet? Do they get the situation we're in and how we need to come together and, and how we need to make all these changes? 
And how are we going to change ourselves also be part of this change when nobody knows what's what's going to happen? I mean, this is all new. This is new earth that's coming into being. And it's not going to be rooted in a history anymore. Like we're actually shifting so many things. We're moving into a whole new place and who knows what's going to happen. None of us actually really knows. And if somebody says they actually know, they're probably fibbing a little bit or they just got a glimpse. They got some little glimpse to share with us. That's cool. But honestly, we're all stepping into the unknown together. And so how do you do that? That's going to be the subject of today's conversation. And I'm so excited to see what the great spirit channels through us. We have Marie Eddings with us, Marie Eddings. She is the host of the podcast, Divine Leaders of Change, which I am also on. And so I will place a link to that interview uh, so you can go listen to that conversation too. Marie is an energy sensitive, a change leader, an energy healer who is on a mission to expand the energy consciousness of the world through her training programs, Divine Leaders of Change, Sister Mind, and the Energy Academy. And she's just got amazing wisdom that she is going to share with us today and the show. So welcome, Marie, to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. I'm so excited to be here to have this conversation with you. I am as well. And those of you are watching back, watching instead of just listening, you can see that she's got this beautiful artwork behind her. I mean, I just love that art that you've got behind you. It's so zen and tranquil. And and that's not exactly the way this year is starting out. <laughs> so tell us, tell us a little bit first about your own background, because I know that you have You've trained in life coaching and NLP and, you know, you've got hypnosis and Reiki and all kinds of trainings and things that you do. Chakra color healing. I mean, there's just so many trainings you have. What actually was the initiator for you becoming so well-versed in healing modalities? Such an interesting question because I think about how I came to this place. I, like many people, had to go through their baptism of fire, leave their soul essence to come back out the other side and for me as a child I was very sensitive to my environment and while I didn't understand it and it quite felt quite scary to me I very quickly started to shut all of that down and became very much in line with the mainstream world of how we got on education got a job built a career and I ended up being an executive director in a global investment bank and I was very good at that job until I started to realise and started to stop shutting down my soul energetic self that I was surrounded by people that were out of sync and therefore I was out of sync. I started to realise that I was mimicking their energy, that depending on what meeting I was in or what problem we were trying to solve, I was actually being, my energy was being swept up around it and it was this big jolt of, hang on a second, who am I? Like. How can I be moved around so easily when I realised I was actually mimicking the energy and the energy of the room was being mimicked by the most dominant energy in the room, which is how our dominant culture works. It was a big wake-up call for me. My, I felt physically broken. I was in and out of hospital for various different ailments for a number of years. I felt emotionally broken and I felt very much spiritually broken. And there was a moment I was sitting in the boardroom in a meeting where this crack felt like it happened in my heart that I knew that I was just in a space where I was so far away from who I was and what I was meant to be doing that I, I couldn't do it any longer. You know, you get to that point where you go, that is it. I can't do this. I don't know what 
this is. I don't know what the next phase is, but this is not it. And so this was around the time of the global financial crisis and I was, you know, head of a department in Australia and to say that was felt like you were wearing a flak jacket coming to work every day, dealing with clients and dealing with employees would be an understatement. That was my big wake-up call. And I followed my heart to go, what is it that I is going to help me get deeper understanding of myself? How do I get back to my soul? How do I get back to this feeling of being who I am if I've ever felt that in my life? And I started to look for different study and getting back into my body. So I went back into dance and Pilates and started to train in those areas again. And I also went into life coaching. I wanted to have a space where I could have some meat on the bones of advice and really get to know myself at a deeper level. That led me to, in part of that program, we did neuro-linguistic programming. And then I went into do a master's of that. And in that program, there was a 14-hour module on energy. And it felt like, you know, the heavens opened, the angels cried and went, well, this is what you're meant to be doing for the rest of your life. And it was that really big shock that, what do you mean energy? What, what, what are you talking about? I was so far away from where I am now and the journey that it's taken me on. But the thing that I really wanted to impress on people is that guidance of where we're meant to be is always there. I'd always had the messages and the little guidance that I ignored and ignored and ignored until I couldn't ignore them anymore. And the energy world was the gateway to me learning about behavioural vibration and how we actually impact our world and understanding the responsibility we have to our behaviour, not from being good behaviour or bad behaviour, but the vibrational imprint that it leaves and the ability for that to create sustainable, meaningful and profitable change. Profitable meaning profiting not from the environment but with the environment. How do we live that beautifully deep, connected, wilding, amazing world? that we're here to, you know, co-create with. That's where I've come from, from there to a space where now I work with people, mainly women, and how they reclaim their powers from a patriarchal conditioning that tells us to shut everything down and how do we step into this space, into a new relationship with influence and power, specifically focusing on holding space for change for themselves and other people. I hope that answered your question. Oh my gosh, that was a beautiful answer. You said so many things that I would like to follow up on. And first thing I that's coming to me is when you said that you realized that everything was matching the strongest energy in the room and that that strongest energy was um, creating a situation in which you weren't feeling good in your body. And I'm imagining, I'm just going to make connecting a few dots from my own experience, that that strongest energy was probably a patriarchal control over like top-down authority sort of energy and probably with like some aggression or assertion energy to it. Would that be an accurate description of that energy? Yeah. And I mean, I was sitting around the room with peers. So the hierarchy wasn't as evident other than the personal manipulation that comes with our, you know, our patriarchal conditioning around bargaining, around, you know, he who let who the squeakiest wheel gets the most, you know, attention. And these really practiced behaviors by mainly males in the room that have been doing this for a long time. And what became really apparent, like a massive beacon of light, was nothing that they were doing was actually trying to create change 
or equity. And that was when my value set had been, and I believed that I was doing this amazing work and working my butt off to get to these levels of, you know, leadership because I could create an impact change. And while I was working my butt off in one direction, it became really apparent that no one else in the room really had that agenda, even though they were saying it in their mission statement and all of those things were being espoused to the public, that's not what was happening behind closed doors. That's so powerful. Yeah, that realization that there is a, you know, a lack of deep commitment to what was being said in the mission statement and that it wasn't carrying itself all the way through to the daily decisions and actions of the people. It wasn't like an alignment. It was just sort of something that sounds good. Let's put that out there. And then like you said, like underneath it is actually all this other stuff that they actually want, but they want to say this because it looks pretty to say this. Absolutely. And it's the way that our we have been conditioned from our patriarchal hierarchy world that at some point someone's going to give over to the most hierarchical position person in the room or the person we think has the most power over us. And so what I was watching was in real time was a great, it was a great experiment, real life experiment, that these businesses that had opportunities to create significant change in the world were not prepared to take that step. Not because these people were bad, because they didn't have the willingness or the capacity to know how to do it. And so they were really geared towards preservation of self, preservation of position, preservation of remuneration, preservation of status. And of course, you know, we're talking late 90s here, so it was very much against the preservation of the male, his status over anyone else. And so when you get into those conversations in those boardrooms, essentially what's happening is they get activated thinking they're fighting for the death because to them their status and their identity is so, so entrenched in who they are and what they're here to do. And you've got other people in the room going, I'm not really attached to my status or my identity or my role title. I'm here to create change. This interesting energetic connection that happens. And for me it was the, oh, I can't create the change I want to create in these environments because no one else around the table has the willingness all the actual capability and capacity to do it, which was what helped me lead me on the discovery and the working with people, really investigating what our behaviours are about and how we protect our ourselves through behaviour and how we can, you know, our beautiful contracted masculine that the patriarchy has been born through has a set of behaviours that it just replicates over and over again. And right now we are seeing that thrown in our face, thrown in our energetic systems to the point where it's going to create change because more people are saying, I can't have that. I, I don't know what it is, but I don't want that. Where do I go from here? You know, this is such a fascinating discussion. It's actually really, it's always timely, isn't it? I've been dealing with the same kind of realizations. It's interesting that there's people who will say, I'm very committed to global change. And I'm evolutionary in my leadership. However, as long as my needs are met first. So if I feel like my bank account isn't where I want it to be, or my influence isn't where I want it to be, then I, I can't focus any attention on those higher mission things until I have my needs met to my desired status. And then I can focus some attention on it. And you know, well, the interesting thing is that um, you know, as a healer, you know, being trained as a healer by spirit, I mean, of course, I had third dimensional teachers, but 
the first thing I learned was if my focus is anywhere other than being in service and doing my service because I desire to be in service to the ascension of this planet and humanity, if I ever shift my focus, and believe me, I do because I'm human, to a lower vibratory pattern of like, oh, I need to do this because I have to fill my bank account, things stop working. And if I remember that and I go, oh, wait a second, that's not my primary focus. My primary focus is how can I be in service to those who need me because we're in the great awakening, then my focus is there. All of a sudden, everything shifts and they start to flow again. And as a byproduct of that, sure, my bank account has some money now, you know, and certainly enough to pay my bills. And so I have a house over, you know, a roof over my head and things like that. So it's interesting how constricting scarcity is. Absolutely. And, you know, we are conditioned into that space from birth, from the way we're educated in a homogenous education system, through to the competition of getting into university and college, the competition in the employment market. Like we are very much taught to shrink ourselves to fit in. We're very much taught to let's find the outcome, as you said, how do I get this money in the bank and then work backwards to get there. And when we flip that model around and we start to realise that we are in service and we are in absolute deep co-creation, we can then start to observe ourselves from, oh, I can talk a good talk, but my behaviour is doing another thing. It's my behaviour that has the vibration. That's where my consciousness actually lives. And so we can sometimes fool ourselves or want to placate ourselves into let's just talk about some of the spiritual bypassing that goes on. And it's a human trait. There's nothing wrong with it, but vibrationally it doesn't create change. And my focus is on how, what are the behaviours we need to actually create change. I'm not interested in the stories about, you know, what you've read or, you know, what conference you've been to or I want to know how your behaviour, your vibration now sits because we do need leaders to step up in this amazing opportunity and time we are in that was always planned to happen now, we need those leaders to step up to hold that space for change without being hooked back into their conditioning of those lower vibrations that our patriarchal system is actually born on and what we're conditioned to. So absolutely true because love is a frequency, but more than that is a human experience. Love is action. So we demonstrate our love by our actions that we take. Our actions indicate what's important to us because when we act with something, that's energy that we're taking from ourselves and we're placing it into an effort. So therefore, the actions we take, like you said, the behaviors, the actions we take, that's the true indication of our commitment to these ideals that we can talk about but we have to actually be committed to it. And I, that's what the shamanic path for me has always been about. Mother Earth, you know, when I get down to this kind of core spirituality, Mother Earth calls bullshit on you. Absolutely. She's like, you're full of crap. You're talking a good game, but I don't believe you until you take the actions. And the action might be, I'm going to walk through my fear of losing everything I have to do the right thing in this moment because my heart is telling me this is the right action and I'm going to have faith and trust that as I take this action and move forward, that I'll be provided for, that I'm safe. That We have to do that over and over again as leaders, don't we? Absolutely. And I love it when people use, use love as an example because we have a lot of examples in our society where the love is used as a bargaining chip. 
I love you, like you're part of my family, I love you, or I love you unconditionally, yet the person's behaviour is so far away from the vibration of unconditional love, this is a manipulation. But this is what we're taught and we're educated through movies and TV and books and the zeitgeist around what is the right thing to do that we and we're not really experienced in holding that space of what deep love actually is because when we experience that and we hold that vibration, the world changes because the vibration of that is so different to what we think it might be. And so we do have this observation of people where we think, oh, that's a you're a great leader, but vibrationally they're not here for change. And we need to stop thinking that someone's going to come and save us. This amazing leader is going to come out of nowhere and fix all the policies and fix all the, that's the saviour mentality of our hierarchy. We're looking for that number one little thing that sits on the top of the tree and we need to realise there's no goddamn tree. There never was a tree and right now we're here to move out of that tree thinking and realise that we as individuals are here to take up that space and learn how to vibrationally hold different, outside of hierarchy, different spaces for ourselves. Yes, we have to get out of this conditioning that is quite pervasive and generations and generations been programmed with this conditioning that there is a savior that you can hand all your problems to that will whisk them away with a little blessing prayer. And then you'll be on your way to do whatever you're going to do next. And, you know, from what I've seen, that leads to more of the same, you know, so if you don't have to pull yourself out of the swamp, you keep returning to the swamp. You know, you're not going to you're not going to learn anything by not having to work through the problem. You've got to actually do it yourself. So, yeah, that nice little time in history where people thought that they could just hand over all their stuff to somebody else and not deal with it, that's done. So, we're, you know, thank you Jesus, we love you. And that's not the lesson. You know, that's what people made the lesson, but that's actually extremely disempowering. You know, that's that rescuer victim perpetrator triangle that much of the world operates on up until now. And that's lower vibrational patterns. You know, we learned a lot from doing that. We learned about how to be codependent, how to have power over others, how to be manipulative. We learned all those things. Those were great lessons. Now we're moving into sovereignty and co-collaboration. Absolutely. And so one of the beautiful things that's been happening in the last, you know, been happening since the 1800s it's not like new age new age but it's got a lot of more momentum probably in the last probably 25 30 years and that is the rising of the divine feminine and we talk about feminine leadership we talk about feminine qualities the thing we need to remember is we rise into the feminine out of the contracted masculine so the behaviors of the contracted masculine are judgment and comparison blame justification you know, all or nothing, right or wrong, very box squared binary type thinking. And we rise out of that, we start to realise and we have this beautiful visceral experience of what it feels like to connect to ourselves and connect to the earth. And we have, it's about, it's really nourishing and our wisdom comes forward and it's very connecting and collaborative. And especially for women who've never really had this sense of feeling in their own body outside of the system, this is very powering for us. The challenge is because we're so conditioned to the contracted masculine making decisions and we've been really taught that our masculine energy is about logic and you know getting things done and systems and processes when we get this amazing connection and say beautiful guidance when we want to enact that in the world we dilute it back through the contracted masculine and so we start this energetic dance which is the rising of the feminine 
and she's not moving into change because she's still really dancing. She's holding hands with the contracted masculine. She's still holding hands with the patriarchy of, hang on, I can't step out too far because I still might get whacked. I still might get chastised. I still might get cancelled. It's better to me tuck myself back under the patriarchal wing and feel safe. And as you said, get my bank account up, get my ducks in the row, make sure everything's fine. Then I'll step into my leadership. This is the bit that we're here to break right now. This is what I believe 20, 20 and 21 was all here to show us when 22 and beyond, we can step out of, let go of the hand of the patriarchy and say, thanks, but no thanks. It's a bit sweaty and gross now. It's now time to take the hand of the divine masculine, which is where we bear everything in the behaviour of trust, transparency and discernment. The divine masculine is not about structure and processes and thinking. It's actually about holding space and having that space being moulded and guided and held so the divine feminine can actually do what she needs to do to bring change into the world. I love that. I love everything you just said. And what was coming to me as you were talking about feminine energy is that we also have to rewire how we think about feminine energy because feminine energy up until now is like soft and gentle and mild and kind and, you know, maybe sexy and, you know, but all things that what appeal to a lower vibrational male consciousness. Yes. When actually, let's just talk about Kali Ma. Kali Ma liberated me from my former existence. She came in with like, I don't know how many, eight arms. And it's just like, like with fire. And she pulled stuff out and she's like, you don't need that anymore. Get out of here. But, you know, I mean, she came in with force. Like, this is not working. And pow, 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 pow. and it liberated me from a whole bunch of BS that I was believing about myself and, and that I was actually so angry at myself for doing because that's not who I am. I am yeah. not a mealy mouth person. And I know that all of you listening are like, well, we never thought you were. But see, you just started listening to me recently. You didn't know me 12 years ago, unless some of you might be knowing me 12 years ago. I was so spineless, really. I love that former self of me, and I, I love her very much. She had powerful lessons to learn, but she didn't know who she was, like you were saying. I didn't know who I was, and I wouldn't stand in my power and my mom has always been somebody a little bit tenacious and feisty. And so she was so frustrated that I wouldn't stand in my power. And the more she frustrated she got, the more I wouldn't stand in my power. My little girl took over. And this is that place of like, this is what the healing of the mother wound is all about for me, is that like, we have to graduate ourselves to the more mature archetypes of the feminine consciousness. We have to decide that we are no longer staying in maiden there's nothing wrong with Maiden. Maiden's great for a certain point. And then you got to graduate yourself out of Maiden and you got to move into mother. And then you got to move into, you know, wise woman. That's the progression. And I'll tell you, we got a lot of women in their 50s that are still walking around as maidens on the planet. And they're mothers, you know, they gave birth, but they're not the mother archetype yet because they're still operating from this maiden consciousness. We got to accelerate ourselves and deepen our roots into this, you know, this powerful place where we actually can affect change. When you step in as a woman into your wise woman, now you got change happening on the planet. 
Absolutely. And so the contracted feminines always, the only dance it's ever known is with the contracted masculine. It's where we play the victim and we placate and we compare by thinking we're missing out. And so we use this, as you say, the, the retracted form of us to try and get what we want. It's a form of manipulation, but it's how we've created safety. And one of the things that when we step into change leadership is we need to be able to see ourselves where we are and where we are on that consciousness level without judgment to be able to recognize and put in its place that we are all conditioned to a bigger system and that system has to take its place of responsibility like we are not individually bad we need to look at ourselves who would we be if we weren't conditioned to this what would happen if we did actually allow ourselves to you know remove it and start to really focus on living outside of it that compels us to be in a different vibrational reality where our behaviour is about looking for transparency. So one of the specific differences that we see when that happens is, and right now we, you know, we're seeing a lot of people that may have been on the spiritual path, we might have been seeing as people as teachers, we've seen them descend back into a place of lower vibration, and I call more contracted vibration. This is where we are, our intellect is the one that wants to run the show, that we actually know the answer. We have the truth. We've got the right stuff. That's wrong. That's fake news. That's misinformation. We take this very narrow stance back into the contracted masculine. And that's about safety because we don't know how to hold space for our power in times of change. When we shift that, what we're able to do is we discern the vibration of the behavior, not the content of what someone's saying. And so we're not using our brain to work out what's right and what's wrong. That's a contracted masculine behavior. We're actually discerning the vibration. What is the ability for this to create a significant change? How is this person going to create willingness to bring something new in? So you said at the beginning of, you know, where are we going and how do we know what it is? We're here to create that. We're not here to say, give me the end point, let's work backwards. That's patriarchy. That's hierarchy. When we learn to sit in this space and hold our own vibrational responsibility, trust, building trust and transparency in our life, and knowing that we can hold that for other people to give them the option to step up, we're now tapping into each other's wisdom. We're now tapping into the collaborative forces of the planet. Then we start to create, but we don't have a blueprint to move to. And for this, sometimes that's really challenging for people because we're not practiced at holding responsibility for our own vibration. You know, I want to give a metaphor for this because this is a powerful thing you just said. So as a 52-year-old woman who's, I feel I've stepped into my, you know, my wisdom keeper energy. Like I have made this graduation into wisdom keeper. So now let's back it up. The five-year-old me, no way, no how, had any clue of the reality I'm experiencing today. And never could have gotten here at five. No. And that's humanity. Humanity is a five-year-old kid (laughs) looking at the world and going, wow, mommy and daddy fight. People are angry. I don't know how these systems work. This is confusing. There's all these rules. I I don't know what to do. Okay, I want my mommy and I want my daddy. Yep. And to become a wisdom keeper is not even in the framework of the five-year-old. And that yeah. that's the invitation that the Galactic Council is giving us now 
is to step through our initiations to become the wisdom keepers that can actually take this planet and humanity and all of our relations on this planet, this, you know, the, the oceans, the, the dolphins, the animals, the plants, to heaven on earth, to like an entirely new vision of this planet. That is in our hands. Absolutely. And we don't know how to get there. So we can't do it from our current five-year-old consciousness. We have got to open to all of this seen and unseen support from Mother Earth, the galaxies, the star nations, spirit, our ancestors who, well, we know that that didn't work. You know, we need all that wisdom to guide us. We can't do it alone. Absolutely. And so what I've noticed in the last couple of years, you know, 2020 was really about us being, the systems we live in were really revealed. You know, the healthcare system was not about health. Politics is not about people. And we, we knew that intellectually, and some people knew it more than others, but it was really revealed to us. And we watched people react to that. Some people tried to justify and blockade and make it okay because they don't want to leave mummy and daddy. They don't want to leave this, this safe shell that the patriarchy creates for them. And then in 21, we were really revealed the people's, everyone's level of consciousness around what decisions they're prepared to make and how they want to make decisions. Are they still justifying an existence that actually does not serve many people at all? We've watched wealth transfer happen in in the biggest rate ever in the history of humanity. We have seen separation like no other, which I believe is the process and the power of moving forward because we don't need everybody to wake up to this, this energy today, but we do need the people who are on the path We do need the people who are sitting there asking questions like, how do I step further into and further away from the patriarchy, but further into my own sovereignty so I can lead change? We need those people to step forward. Energetically, when we step into these deeper vibrational spaces, you know, when you sit in the mountains of Peru, the energy is so different that it's not comparable, that we don't need the number of people, but we we do need the vibrational shift in about 20% of the planet for us to make that, the the rest of the systems to crumble for us to start to create these new environments. So it has a number of, a lot of safety then for those people, to your analogy, that are still in the five-year-old world to feel safe enough to go, oh, okay, what's going on over there? Let me, let me go this way. I feel a bit safer right now. But right now they only know what they know. They're not bad people. They're just stuck in their conditioning. They're stuck in their conditioning. And so that's why it's really important that anyone who is waking up, anyone who has an inkling of what we're talking about here, anyone who has been training in healing arts, who has already been connecting with Mother Earth, who has downloads in the middle of the night, who is listening to this podcast, who anybody like that, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone, people. I mean, I don't know how else to say this. I realize that there must be a great deal of fear because um, just the level of non-action and non-engagement to step forward in things to me right now is shocking in my in the community. We have to find the courage within ourselves to step forward into the unknown and do it now. Not wait, oh, well, I'll do it next year when my security conditions have been met or I'll do it you know, when this other thing that helps me feel safe is done. No, we have to step forward now with the knowing. As soon as the knowing is there, you know, after some integration and contemplation and some clarity, take the step. 
when the step is clear, you got to take the step and then you take the step and then you take the step and it's going to guide us. And if you delay that, well, then you're delaying your own progress plus everybody else because you're the next wave that's supposed to wake up. Because if you got those messages, it's time to wake up. That That's for you. And, it, and the next wave's not going to wake up till you wake up. So it's kind of like relay race. So if the first relay won't leave the starting gate, how are we going to get the next relay to leave the starting gate if the first relay doesn't leave the starting gate? So it's up to y'all. You're listening to this message. I know you people follow me. I know who you are. I'm no fool. I know. I know who my soul team is. You got to leave the starting gate. Start running. This is it. We are always asked, like, what time is now? It's now. Like, yeah. Now it's now. And if we think about the energy shift from 21, like that was challenging, especially for people that are sensitive who are on the path because we were also processing out of our subtle bodies a lot of the old, you know, consciousness. So we've we've been bearing the front of that as in it's been tiring and it's been heavy and we've been doing like everyone's work at once. Whereas in 2022, the energy shift is profound. And I don't know if anyone's already felt it. We're like, we're recording this, on the most suspicious day, the 2nd of the 2nd, 22. <laughs> what an amazing date. And the energy is palpably different. This is a year of grounding in internal healing, coming into self. And for me, that is that deep invitation into how are you going to sit in your own space regardless of what's going on around you. And no one's saying it's a flicker switch, it's easy, but the decision to do it must be a flicker switch. This decision to commit to changing your vibrational reality and being able to hold space for your own change, that has to be the decision. Otherwise, we'll, you'll still keep floundering in and it will hurt. It's going to hurt more. I mean, contracted energy hurts the physical body. It hurts the heart. Expanded energy doesn't hurt. So you're not going into a space that has more pain. You're going into a space that has more joy and that's really unfamiliar. Like that expansive space is so unfamiliar to people that they prefer to sit in this deep pain rather than explore what might not be painful but be absolutely joyful and connecting. Yeah, it's really a time for each of us on the, that have already been walking some measure of the path to deepen our commitment to our spiritual practices so that we actually get super clear about what's going on inside of us so that we make those inspired choices and actions. I mean, that this is, there's no time more important than right now for us to each really be clear when we're making our choices because, yeah, there's a lot of murkiness everywhere else. So if you have some tools and some, some ability to get to clarity, you got to use them. Like, this, this is the time to use those tools right now. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I like to help people just remember how how sim simple it is, but our commitment is where we need to do the work. That might not feel as simple. When we are in these phases, the shift that we make consciously from our behavioural set is we need to always look for and ask for transparency. So when we're trying to make these shifts, the thing that we need to put our guidance system is where is the transparency? Not what's right, not what's wrong, not what's misinformation, not what's fake news. We're not trying to find a side here. We're trying to find transparency. The path to the divine masculine is through transparency, trust and discernment. But we need to free ourselves of the space that we feel clogged up, where we feel compelled to participate, even in conversations with our families and friends about who's right and who's wrong. Like that is the, the allure and the intoxication of the contracted masculines while we've been stuck there so long because 
we get a voice, we get an opinion, and we feel powerful through that. Our intellect tells us that we must be important, but vibrationally we're way out of whack because that opinion becomes up for, it's up for hire, basically. I feed you with a bit more information and I can change your opinion. That's how the divine, that's how the contracted masculine works and stays in play. When we ask for simplicity and we say, where's the transparency in this? Give me more information. Give me more transparency on what you're talking about. We soon realise those systems collapse because they can't provide transparency because there is none. So when we're looking to make these shifts vibrationally, put yourself on the tra- on the path of transparency. Then we soon become more comfortable with being more transparent with myself. You know, I have trained a lot, but if I'm really honest, I still use a lot of judgment to get me where I want to be. I'm still using comparison to make myself feel better. I'm still using this black and white to, you know, push people out. I'm still retreating and avoiding rather than sitting in a space of transparency and communication. So transparency is that gateway, that little key that opens up those steps forward to get us to practice and get our physical body far more comfortable with holding this level of energy. Oh gosh, so much here. It's amazing. Yes. We could go on some more because I seriously, this was great. Marie, amazing. Really great insight. Really, really good channel. I felt the guides just working through you. It's really beautiful. We we actually had a nice banter too. I really like it. I hope all of you enjoyed it too as you're watching back or listening. And I want to now transition because I want to have you back on the show. I feel like we have so much more we could talk about. I'd love to. So I'll promise everybody we'll have Marie back. We'll have awesome conversation. But hey, you know what? Maybe I'll have you come to Soul Nectar Tribe instead. And then that way, everyone who wants to hear our next conversation, they can try out a free month of Soul Nectar Tribe and come listen to it there. What do you think about that? Do you like that? I don't know what Soul Nectar Tribe is in its you know, entirety, but yes. Yes. Let's do it. Let's just say that it is so. It is so already. I will invite Marie back to Soul Nectar Tribe and come speak to our community and we'll have an awesome conversation. And uh, those of you who like this interview and you want to be part of that, well, I'll put a link in the show notes and you can join Soul Nectar Tribe for free for 30 days. Check it out uh, to hear this conversation with Marie that's going to happen over there. Now, before we go, though, I want to give you an opportunity to share with the listeners what is a good starting place for working with you, getting to know more. Obviously, your podcast, so I can refer people to your podcast. What else do you want to share with people about how to get started with you? So if this is something that's pulling, I really like to connect people, just come and connect with me on Instagram. That's a really good place to learn more about what I do. I'm there most days. I share bits and pieces. I talk. My program, Divine Leaders of Change, Systemite, is where I work with women on how they actually build a different relationship with influence and power and build this level of vibrational reality for themselves. And I also, in the Energy Academy, coach life coaches how to become energy coaches and teach them about our deep physical vibrational reality so we can help shift people that are probably more connected to their physical world, how they make those shifts into their spiritual space. I talk about all of those things and more basically on Instagram. So come to Instagram and then we'll connect there. I'd love to connect with you. Awesome. So I'll put all those links in the show notes. You guys can check her out. And like always, please share, share it out, like, and subscribe. Let's help make the podcast even reach more people who might be interested in it by taking the love and action to share it out, you know, share it out on, on YouTube, wherever, you know, I don't care, share what you want. 
We're going to give you kisses now because we love you guys. Want to join me? Okay. Kisses. Reiki kisses. Rainbow kisses. <laughs> love you guys. Thank you so much for being on the show, Marie. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. It was wonderful to have a conversation with you today. All right. We'll see everybody on the next time on Soul Nature Show. Have a great week. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show.